Welcome to the Football Ramble, everybody. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of December. It's 9% football, 67% festive cheer. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Andy Russell. Russell and Campbell. It's a great conjunction. Jupiter and Saturn here again. <laughs> Who's who? Um, oh, Jupiter's like the big one, isn't it? Mm. So I guess Brussels the... And unfortunately, because we're talking about both the endings of the names, we couldn't be a Portmanteau Conte, could we? No, no, that's a shame. Although those don't seem to actually be Portmanteau words on the few that I've heard. Don't it's take mainly it just, Don't pull at the thread, Kate. It's just sakes. mainly just names of footballers, like it always is. <laughs> <laughs> No? No, well, they are, they are portmanteaus, aren't they? He does his best. Yeah, you yeah, see, yeah. I, I thought I was ruining the football ramble with my grumpy intro, yeah. but in fact, it it's very, you. It was, why was it so grumpy? But well, you, you said it was 67% festive cheer, and you guys both sounded a little bit uppish. It, it was up to me to add the Scrooge quotient. It's not actually the way I feel about Christmas. Oh, I, 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 feel, I feel okay about it. It's interesting to call festive cheer and enthusiasm uppish. Yeah, I've never it? heard anyone describe positivity as uppish. It's very, very grinchy. You can't even bring yourself to acknowledge the concept of positivity. What's happened to you, Andy Brassel? The thing is, I've watched all the Christmas films already. A lot. Oh, any faves? Well, the, the new Grinch, actually, I think is is actually better than the original one. I, d- mm. I, d- I don't know if that's heresy to say that. Obviously, Home Alone is, is, yeah, is, Home is, Alone is, is a set-piece classic. Is, is, yeah. the, is my favourite, I would think. I've just yeah. been told that Great Escape is a Christmas film. I didn't realise that. Is that really thick? Is it just because it's no on idea. at Christmas all the time? Oh, uh, right. How does something become a Christmas film? This is something for a different podcast. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, one in the Stakhanov stable. But... Yeah, we could talk about yes. Die Hard all day, if you like. <laughs> I couldn't. Is Brazil a Christmas film? You know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, do. I couldn't. I, I, I think couldn't. I think Hans Gruber would make a, a, a great Premier League head coach. He actually. would, actually, wouldn't he? Mm. He'd be very methodical. He'd be more... Um, <sighs> would he would be... do a better job with West Brom than Sam Allardyce? So far, possibly. That's a bit unkind, isn't it? They haven't even taken, he hasn't even taken training, has he? And they are not very good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know it's Christmas, but he's not, he's not a full miracle worker, is he? (laughs) I like the way you said it. Do we, do we still call him Big Sam? You did yesterday. Yeah. I felt it was a little bit... That's, that's a, the, the root of his frosty relationship with Wenger, isn't it? That Wenger called him Allardyce. He refused to call him Big Sam. I'm, right. see, that's, yeah. I'm, a, I'm pro-Wenger, not yeah. just because of, you know... I'm, pro, sad, I'm, uh, I'm pro-Wenger for that. The sad decline, but at the end, I'm, you know, I'm pro him as a man, as a gentleman. Sad decline? Did you not like his book? <laughs> <laughs> well, um... <laughs> Why do you have to bring Sven into this? <laughs> By accident. It's that chair. It's that chair. It's, it's not Marcus. I know. I didn't realise that his mind was being controlled by this chair. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying. I'm I'm channeling all sorts of things I didn't expect to channel. Should we get into Burnley Wolves? Go yeah. on then. Has a has a sentence ever sounded more in, inspiring of enthusiasm than that? I'm going to be honest. I looked at the fixtures yesterday and I I did not expect this one to be up first. No, but it didn't disappoint, did it? It was actually a really good game. Yeah. And Burnley were excellent as well. I think they were back to doing what they do best at its sort of top level because um, they just look like such a bastard to play against mm, like just, so just when they're on their game they just make everything hard they battle for everything and like I, 
the ball's in the air a lot without them being a long ball team, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Mm. A lot of like, they would just sort of, they would chip the ball into the box at every opportunity. It's just like, they're always going for knockdowns. It's just like, you must feel like a knackered salmon by the end of playing them. <laughs> Swimming upstream. Well, and diving around a lot onto oh, rocks. With you. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So Ashley Barnes got his first goal uh, since last November. He opted for that sort of standing still looking angry celebration, mm. uh, which maybe is the only one that came to mind. Is, it's is been it, such a while. Is that not just his default anyway? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it fits him very much with his image. I was stunned to learn, A, that he hadn't scored for a year, and B, that he is not genuinely eligible for Austria. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But apparently he he applied for Austrian citizenship. Uh. And um yeah the, the 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 Austrian Ministry of the Interior said no. Oh, oh what? Oh dear. Uh, cuz he tried to become a full international a couple That's of, a so couple, annoying. a couple of years back. It's he, not he the Luis have... Suarez Italian test sort of vibes. <laughs> Next week telling me Carl Jenkinson isn't a little bit Finnish. <laughs> I mean, he had the genuine family relationship. But what amuses me is he did actually play for Austria, I think, under 21 level. Yeah. So presumably, when it's like under 17s, under 19s, under 21, you could just go, like, it's just taken on trust. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like so... All right, I'm Ashley, the Austrian. Yeah, Let it, me it into sort your of team. explains my sort of... Uh, 21 under 21 caps for the Ivory Coast. Oh, <laughs> lovely. So my dad once played squash for Papua New Guinea. I never really understood that. Really? He wasn't what? under 21. I don't, yeah, I don't have anything else to add to that anecdote. But presumably we, it does mean you can just It's like Tim Cahill up. on holiday, isn't it? Yeah, really? Yeah. He just plays squash for people. Well, no, he, he played for American Samoa when he was 14, didn't he? Oh my God, I did not know he was that. Holiday, yeah. oh. And that's, that's why it was so difficult for him to get qualified for the Australia yeah. team because it was like, oh, you've already played for an international team because the FIFA rules were a little bit different mm. then. Uh, what an argument as well yeah but I was on holiday what are you talking yeah, about I just, I just like, love it I just need to be playing for countries I'm, yeah. not, I'm out here doing that we all get a bit heady on summer holidays yeah it's true exactly yeah, yeah we all do things we regret <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bernie I'll the thing is no one's been on holiday okay. at the moment so yeah. just say what you like is this about Doha again <laughs> out of the relegation zone with that win uh, yeah Chris Wood got the other goal both I mean from about two yards out yeah but, but that's it though isn't it they're gonna that's, that's what, exactly what I'm talking about that's they're gonna the make stuff. you work your ass off from t- two yards out yeah I, I, you do think that Burnley kind of they get their strength from reveling in the misery of others really don't mm. they <laughs> that, that, that sort of yeah Grinchness I, I, yeah. I, I suppose because if you th- the, the thing that I couldn't stop thinking about throughout this game is the fact that this was where Wolves Champions League dream definitively died last season which oh. obviously wasn't wasn't that long ago so maybe that's why Nuno was so like full of rage at the end because he took it out he all was on, so full of rage well he, he took it out all on Lee Mason and then yeah. as a little postscript to that it was like well obviously it wasn't his fault that, he, that we lost <laughs> which quite like, yeah I just don't like him it's yeah. 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 from that isn't it yeah. yeah I feel like I should speak up for the Masons but this is what he said <laughs> the referee is not good enough to whistle Lee Mason is not good enough he is just not good enough I just don't want to see him more I told him I hope he does not whistle a game of ours again Oh, not good enough to whistle. I, I do like the way that in it's not hard. Um, he's got a whistle. I, I do like the way in Doesn't continental even have to Europe. Do that thing with the, oh. <laughs> I can't obviously do. I do love the way in continental Europe whistle is used as a verb to mean referee. Yeah, yeah I'm very very fond of that. 
I do like the idea that it should they shouldn't have a whistle, but they should have to know how to do that quite <laughs> yeah, impressive thing of, of being able to just whistle with your with your hand and your mouth. I feel what, like so Andy might be able to do that. No. That would actually be part... Because they can do some quite impressive stuff. I was thinking this uh, in a couple of games over the last few days. These referees are really, like, you know, they're obviously super fit, mm. some of them, and they've got sweat pouring off them. And then if they also had to, like, manage their mouths into that... <laughs> <laughs> difficult thankless bloody task absolutely it's absolutely thankless uh yeah and also that was despite old Moutinho being fortunate to stay on the pitch Wolves getting a penalty put away by Fabio Silva as well first goal in the Premier League for the 18 year old yes lovely stuff I think it's uh, you know uh, the main issue here is this is always going to start to catch up with them at some point but Raul Jimenez you're going to say they're tight oh right such a miss isn't he like oh, he's yeah. obviously of course their main goal threat and that's like there's no criticism of them because he's such a good player one of the best sort of kind of striking focal points in the league well I think as and we it's... as we spoke about on this sorry Jim I was going to say as we spoke about um, like maybe last week I think with with Marcus we can't criticise them for Raul Jimenez getting injured mm. but we can criticise them for not having a plan when he does getting injured when he does get injured because they've absolutely flogged him since yeah, yeah. since mm. since he's, he's he's been there, and well, they've the, never had a backup, had an alternative. And I understand Fabio Silva cost a, a, a lot of money, but he wasn't made just to be thrown in. He's barely played any first team football yeah. for for Porto. So I, I'm just looking forward to seeing what um, uh, Portuguese markets opportunity they come up with yes. in January. Yeah, quite. Well, they had the Owen Otisoe, the 19-year-old American, making his full Premier League debut for Wolves as well. And it's also just a symptom, I guess. You know, they they famously had this very settled squad last season and they did really well with that. And I guess any kind of the Raul Jimenez issues throwing them off course, mm. partly. But it's also they don't have that settled settled squad this time around. And perhaps, and perhaps they're just not playing enough football. Maybe that's the issue. Possibly. Wolves, the only team in the whole Premier League who are like, we need more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get us more games. Yeah, so look, Burnley out of the out of the relegation zone there and well-deserved. They don't mm. look like, to me anyway, they didn't look like a team that are going to go down this season with no, a performance they were fantastic. like that. No. All right, let's dig in to the London derby that took place after that one. Chelsea up against West Ham. Final score, 3-0. Is this, this seems to me like a, a scoreline that flattered the hosts somewhat. Mm. Um, it's about halfway through the second half. No, maybe maybe towards the end of the towards the end of the first half, sorry. One of the commentators was like, oh yeah, Chelsea have really got control of this game. And that is not my feeling about it at all. Yes, they scored a great header. Thiago Silva scored a great header, but I don't know. I think a, I think 1-1 would have been a reasonable scoreline yeah. for this game. There was that Jared Bowen goal that was, frankly, I don't know what you guys thought, but to me, inexplicably disallowed. Thiago Silva sort of tripped over himself. Um, what I thought immediately after that is not just was it a pretty poor decision, it's a massive risk from Thiago Silva. Yes, Someone who's to stop defending effectively. To, to basically think, oh, I'll, I'll get away with this. Yeah. I mean, because he did trip himself up. I, I don't think there was any hint of accident in it. When the live text, it was like, oh, um, Bowen clips his heels. and but I No, he wasn't close. He wasn't, he wasn't close. close. And you watch it back a couple of times and you're like... Well, they didn't. I don't know. There wasn't much uproar about it in the actual game or in the commentary. I, mean, uh, which yeah, I found I very surprising. Uh, same. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist about it. But, but that is your uh, modus. Change. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Utter <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Sorry, you're saying you don't want to be Andy, right? Okay, go ahead. If it had been oh, at the other end of the pitch, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> if, he's uh, had the vaccine, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and if. 
Valbuena had tripped over his own feet, for example. Um, Tammy Abraham had put it in mm. and it was disallowed. I, I feel pretty sure we would have seen it like 50 times. Well, it's said, isn't it, that you know great strikers can make something out of nothing. Is that also true of great defence? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give myself a free kick here. Get away with that. Presumably he did just trip. Just Because he can't have gone... Because what I was thinking as I was watching it is he, he can't have gone down thinking what you're saying. Can he, surely? Like, I'm going to just stop defending at this point when Jared Bowen... I don't win myself a free kick. Yeah, mm. I just don't... I don't believe that. But how else do you trip yourself over? <laughs> oh, I, I've... Multitude Jim, of ways, you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know how it's... To be fair, you don't know how you've done it until you're on the way down, but, you know, I promise you, you can do it. Now, this, this is a separate show. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's pratfall. <laughs> um... But I think, you know, we are saying obviously it didn't feel like a 3-0, but um, you've got to give Chelsea credit in that case, haven't you, for mm. making it a 3-0. Two, two great finishes from Tammy Abraham, second one in particular. And um, that's it's an interesting battle up front now, isn't it? Because I know he and Werner can and do indeed play together, but is, is Timo Werner's form a little bit of a worry? Are you, are you surprised by Yeah, it? he was on our Fords of School, wasn't he? Yeah. Is that your pick? No. No. Um, anyway, Luke picked him to score yeah, first because he's, he's he been could on a bit not of a put the ball run. in the back of the net. No, but I, I, I think it's a matter of time. He'll get there. And the thing is, he's not a striker who's contributing nothing while he's not no. scoring. So I don't, I don't mm. think it's a Fernando Torres type issue. What I, I did think was quite amusing is towards the end of that where he thought, no goals in 10, I'll show you. And it wasn't enough to put it in. Yeah. He wanted to like knock the, Not the composite plastic <laughs> off the ball <laughs> and, and then take the whole frame of the goal down. <laughs> and it didn't work. No. Yeah, he said to uh, Timo Werner, the Premier League is a little bit different to my old league. It's tougher than I thought. The contact here is harder than in Germany. It's what I expected, but not like this. Your take, interesting, Brasile. That's, that's, that's a bit weird to yeah, me. It, it me feels, too. it feels a lot. A that he's playing quite well, and B a lot of the time no one can catch him anyway. So yeah. where is the contact? Well, also, as well, that's what everyone says about the Premier League. <laughs> it's like saying, "I moved to England and everyone's speaking English." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you is not it, read really the brochure, mate? You, <laughs> yeah. Odd. Yeah. yeah, I I do I do remember once. Um, having an interview with a Premier League player blown out and a press officer sending me an email saying these would have been his answers. Brilliant. To, wow. to, to the following questions. So I wonder if that's what happened with Timo Werner. Did, okay, anyone, say, did, did anyone see Werner say that? Or is, is yeah. this just directly from the press office? Oh, dear. <laughs> this is what Timo Werner might have said. I don't know if you'd want him to be saying that, though, would you particularly? Or, or unless you were fluffing the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, don't watch the Bundesliga. I know I know we watched the Bundesliga when there was no other football on and that was fine. Yeah. But when there's Premier League football on, the point is it's harder and better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a constant Premier League PR line, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. Um, is it was he a bit of a dick, Werner, as well, when he sort of slid in on Lucas Fabianski and just no, didn't even I look back. Was... Didn't even look back. He just No, you're dead to me, because I've killed you with my studs. <laughs> <laughs> Not scored for 10 games, can't show any weakness. Yeah, yeah. maybe it was that. Maybe, Didn't even maybe, look maybe back. that's part of it. I think well, he, he wasn't really at fault there, was he? So he probably thought, well, it's not my fault. I don't have to look back. Not going to waste the energy. Yeah, fair enough. He's it's, it's quite a tough guy, Werner, though. I mean, yeah. people. Massive Terminator vibes. <laughs> <laughs> he was Wait a minute, he's Austrian. Sounds isn't he? a bit no. like Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> No, Arnold Schwarzenegger, not even Austrian, turns out. Like, like, like well, Ashley... He's like in charge in America, isn't he? He's not in charge in America. That's a different nightmare. Um, <laughs> he's governor, no, he was governor of California, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, for a long time. Yeah. 
how much more in charge do you want? I'm not governor of anything. Andy's governor of bins. <laughs> what have you got? Uh, yeah, before the game, Declan, in fact, uh, Frank Lampard was talking about Declan Rice uh, being released from the Chelsea Academy. And he's yeah. like, doesn't care. These things happen, whatever. Mm. He wasn't particularly left to rue it. Uh, but someone who does seem to be ruining Declan Rice's departure a little bit more was uh, was Mick McCarthy. He's had a bit of a tell-all moment mm. about when Declan told him he was going to be playing for England. I guess that was one of those uh, friendly, you know, could it be friendly? Let it go. Just let it go, Mick. These things happen. He says, I had a bit of a snarl at him down the phone. It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, thanks for letting me know. Good luck with that. I hope it goes well for you. It was the opposite of that. <laughs> I love that because this is Mick McCarthy's side of, side of the story. Do you know what I mean? Can you imagine what the actual reality was like? Oh I'd love God. to hear Declan Rice's take on this. He headbutted me down the phone. It's horrible. <laughs> Can you? Screaming at me. It's absolutely terrifying, isn't it? To yeah. think if that's him realising that he's been a little bit out of order. I, I, I think Mick McCarthy could make an absolute fortune on Cameo. Just like, <laughs> yes. pay, Is that still going, Cameo? Insult you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I, I, he'd, he'd clean up on that. I'd love Mick McCarthy to just go off on one at me for 10 minutes. Okay, yeah, I'd, think, I'd pay good money for that. I think that's a bit more of an insight than what we were necessarily expecting today, Jim. Um, but you know, what you do in your private life is, is, is fine with all of us, isn't it, Andy? Yes. Yeah, good. Um, he also said that he doesn't uh, allow any of his family to say Roy Keane's name in the house. Like Voldemort. You yeah. see, th- this, sounds, this sounds like a bit like deconstructing Mick McCarthy because I, I expect him to be, you know, the Yorkshire-based island representing straight talker that he is mm. to say, well, who cares? Mm. Yeah, Turns out he cares a lot. He, he cares a lot about a lot nice. of... He cares a lot about a lot of stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. It, it seems to take it to heart and then sort of react to it in a quite a macho way. Because the, the stuff the stuff he's talking about here about how he's banned people from saying Roy Keane's name in his house is quite... Uh, uh, is this all right, Mick? Do you need to talk to someone? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, but the name can go. inspire such dread. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty cringe incident, if you know yeah. what I mean. I suppose about, so. And it's very... And it's defined his career down. in some ways. Yeah. The, that World Cup and from him turning up and Roy well. Keane walking his dog and all that sort of stuff. Instead of wanting to play for Ireland. Yeah. You know, fair enough, maybe. Have you but, not got any nemeses whose names you don't say, you don't allow well, said in your house? Can't say them. No. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Write it down and I'll... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 you just don't think of Mick McCarthy being on the edge like this. I, I, I remember interviewing him once and he said that he thought Raman Dominic was the, the best coach he'd ever played under. And obviously, I didn't say anything... I clearly looked like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he, he, he looked quite offended just by my look, really? which ah. I was trying to swallow. Yeah, You know, I was trying to like start it out, but obviously not very successfully. I think your view is quite a level-headed, man. I feel like you've got quite a good poker face, especially under a mask, I guess. But you know. Well, yeah, but def- definitely not when someone says Raymond Dominic is the best coach I've ever played mm. under. Yeah, if you I were mean, doing this face every, right now, that every, wouldn't have worked. Everyone has limits. Yeah, yes. all right. So that's your limit. Yeah. I'm glad we found it. I don't, I don't have Dominic's name mentioned in my house for what it's worth. <laughs> I don't feel like any of us talk about Dominic enough, especially when he proposed to his girlfriend live on TV after France went out of the World Cup. <laughs> and she looked absolutely mortified. We should all be talking about that every day. But the, the quotes from uh, from Mick McCarthy about this incident are absolutely amazing, aren't they? Like He talks about having a competition in his house. 
We have a bit of a competition in our house that anybody who mentions Saipan or the other fellow would mean. Whoa, he can't say it. So he doesn't even say it in the interview. Yeah. That is outstanding. Wins the Dick of the Day award. Whether it's said to me or said to any of my family, they'll say, oh, dad, I had the dick of the day today. Somebody mentioned it. It's like, that doesn't sound great, does it? For one thing. But like, just, oh my God, Mick. Normally someone does mention it on a daily basis, you know. A daily basis. Jesus. You know Roy Keane's going to read that and just love it. Yeah. Well, not love it. I don't know if Roy Keane loves. I would absolutely but... love it. <laughs> but like, he's just winning, isn't he? Just living in your head rent free. Living in your family home rent free. Yeah, that is a worry. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> over on Football Ramble Presents, uh, Fantasy Five Aside is back. This week, I was joined by YouTuber, Jackmate's Happy Hour host and long-suffering West Ham fan, Jackmate. We broke down a side oozing with class and potential lariness. It was great fun. So do head over to Football Ramble Presents and have a listen. We got to talk about some uh, some characters on there. It was a lot of fun. I listened to it and it was excellent. Did you listen to it, Kate? Not yet. But I intend to. I can't believe you just done that to me. Oh, under the bus. That's under so the bus. ruthless. Look, I want to, and I will. Just because you've got to show off that you're the you're the main teacher's pet in the room. Well, look, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll expect you to message me later and tell me what your favourite. I will. Was. I always do notes anyway. I'll send you my classic yeah, notes. Please. Do. <laughs> He'll really look forward to that. <laughs> Break down your syntax. Suggest alternative <laughs> words you could have used. Oh, Jim, you're such a lucky guy, aren't oh, you? I, Is that I why am. you've been being so nice to West Ham today? I feel like you have been. Did he kind of bring you over to the to the side, the dark no, side? No, no. I, um, I I have a bit of a soft spot for West Ham. Yeah, uh, you're from Essex. They're your second yeah, team, yeah, right? Exactly. They're the team that um, basically a lot of people that I grew up with support. I technically probably should support them, but I just I just don't. You could um, change now, to be honest. Uh, nah, still give up. Still not worth it. Just give up. It's like <laughs> just give up. Well, I suppose actually they can be your Premier League team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I'm gonna let's get to a break and you can just think think long and hard about that while we have the ads. Lovely. Hi, I'm Danny Welbeck and you're listening to the Football Ramble. Oh, so you are. Welcome back everybody. 67% festive cheer. How much percent football would we say? I don't think there has been enough festive cheer from you, Scroogey. Let's yeah. get to your emails, shall we? one here from Mike Gibson. Uh, listening to Jim talking about having Jack and Bash rolling around his head reminds me of a couple of years... What? Reminds <laughs> me of a, a couple of years ago at Wilderness Festival. Somewhat worse for wear, spending most of the evening at the Valley, a part of the festival that's essentially a magical 3,000-person rave in the middle of a forest, very much like Charlton's Valley in that case. Uh, for an entire night, let's say 10pm to 4am, I had the name Shea Yojo popping into my head about every 10 minutes. Mm. At that time, I believe Ojo was a Liverpool youth teamer who had yet to make an appearance. And to this day, I have no idea how he came to perform a sellout residency in my brain <laughs> for an entire night. That's I've, what we I've, should have used in the Mick McCarthy yeah. bit. Yeah. I've got really... an idea of why that might have happened. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really heartening to hear that I'm not the only one it's happened to. Would love to hear from anyone who's become briefly obsessed with an obscure footballer for any reason. Yeah, I mean, that, that, like I said, that happened to me the other night. I couldn't sleep because the word your hand bash was just rolling around my head. I also had it once with the word Ullapool. It just happens sometimes. So it's more like the word, is it, rather yeah. than the concept. You didn't have him 
in your the image of him in your mind. No, but although obviously the word regularly conjures it, so it's a weird sort of mind prison to be trapped in when all you want is a lovely sleep. Uh, but I'm actually <laughs> glad to hear that it's not just me that that happens to as well, and also that it's not just me with bizarre footballers. Shay Ojo is a, is an even stranger one though. That, um, I, yeah, once, I don't horrible. know how you rank the strangeness, though, really. I suppose they're all quite weird. It, it, it? Just it, generally it's, having it in it's, your head. It's obscurity, isn't it? I mean, I once named a fanzine that I founded after an obscure footballer. Stop it. I didn't know that. I had, when I was, I guess, about 12, okay. I, I, I had um, a fanzine called There's Only One Mark Yudelovich because it was the <laughs> longest name I could find of a player who'd ever played for Wimbledon. And nice. I wanted it to be, you know, anti-commercial and non-catchy. Yeah. Run it off on the photocopier at my mum's work and uh, sold it on the terraces. Oh, that's really sweet. I, and it's you... a shame because your, your newsletters are just about conspiracy theories now, aren't they? Your <laughs> chemtrails and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be so innocent. Did you? No, there were always hidden messages, Jim. <laughs> Even at that age. You're as bad as them. <laughs> <laughs> like those poems where everything, the first letter of every single one of them spells a message. Yeah. That's how it was. That's why you needed so many letters. Yes. That's yes. What, that was what Ab- it was. Absolutely. It's a code. Something about lizards. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Sleesman has been in touch. Uh, he says, some of you may be familiar with my hometown Cleveland Cavaliers of the NBA. During yes. the autumn following the 2016 championship, the Cavs visited Columbus, Ohio to train at the facilities of the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Two Cavs players famous for hijinks, Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson, visited a well-known bar in this college town and after enjoying their burgers and fries, proceeded to select the thong song <laughs> on the jukebox no fewer than a dozen times. So after waiting <laughs> for the second iteration to start, thereby guaranteeing their selections would play consecutively, Fry and Jefferson immediately left the bar, leaving their fellow patrons <laughs> to enjoy the genius Cisco's romantic ruminations of his Juliet's dump and its resemblance to a truck, truck, truck. <laughs> uh, that is amazing. That is brilliant. That's what my life is when Thong Song gets in my head. It just stays in there all day. So I respect the hell out of that. It's but- funny. When you see Richard Jefferson on, on telly now, he's, he's a pundit and he's, he's so considered and sensible. Huh. I, I particularly enjoy the idea of him doing something like this. Mm. I mean, Channing Fry is famous for being a... A bit of a one. Right. But that's that's interesting. Well, that's, that is the joy of Thong Song, if you ask me. It's the sincerity of it on the surface of it. Huh. It sounds like it's really serious, but it, it is about a man who wants to see some thongs. Yes. You don't want to re, re-up your rendition? No, I, uh, I will learn how to bang it out um, perfectly at one stage, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> Maybe you can be your moment, Barcelo. <sighs> no, I wouldn't pick that. I'll pick something by, by P. Diddy, I reckon. Yeah. See, really? I, I'm not really, I'm terrible, at, I'm a terrible singer, but I do. But Pete Diddy's a terrible rapper, which is exactly why I'd pick it. Yeah. I mean, you're bound to do a better version than him. Yeah, but I do, it is one of my personal ambitions to just learn how to do an absolutely perfect rendition of Thong Song, <laughs> dance moves and everything, and just surprise everyone with karaoke one day. If I can nail that key change, my life will peak. Well, Jim, Christmas has been a bit strange this year, and you probably have a bit more time on your hands, so I feel like... 2020 is the year for it. Yeah. And if, I'm, I'm al- if there's any year. I'm already the person with the most time on his hands of anyone I know. So <laughs> if, if not now, then when? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Speaking of weird behaviours or, 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 or behaviours to be praised that are also weird, uh, let's skip into the MLS for a bit, shall we? Mm. Or into, into the States anyway. Los Angeles FC. They've reached the final of the CONCACAF Champions League. A big, a big deal. Clearly, they came through, and they came through in a, a manner befitting uh, a, a competition of such, you know, importance. Yes, they beat 
Club America 3-1, despite the fact that they had a man sent off before half-time when they were already a goal down. And they also experienced the ignominy of watching one of their assistant coaches having his hair pulled yeah, by Miguel Herrera. It's absolutely amazing. The Club America head coach. Yeah, who was also wearing like a beautiful sort of lilac suit. It was, like, there, yeah, There's it was a lot to enjoy thing. about this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of the Prince exhibition at the O2, <laughs> in fact. It's all very undignified. Beautiful. And yeah, Memo Ochoa was involved, wasn't he? The legendary uh, Mexican goalkeeper in the uh, Atuesta sending off as mm. well. I found that very hard to understand. Pulled a bit of a fast one there. Yeah. Well, he just copped a dive, didn't he, basically? Oh, okay. But then afterwards, there seemed to be a lot of, like, wriggling going on. Wriggling. (laughs) Yeah, there was was wriggling. Yeah. I I, I, I am interested in uh, LAFC, actually. I mean, I I don't really watch MLS much, to be perfectly honest. But I went out there and did one of my early at-the-matches at Los Angeles FC, which was sort of tacking on to the end of my weekend in LA. I went and had a look out of curiosity. And I never expected what it's actually like there. I mean, when the Bank of California Stadium is full, it's amazing. The atmosphere is incredible. I think one of the first things I saw when I was in there is, you know, when you have the um, sort of fan choreographers mm. who sort of start the chants and, and, and the choreography, it was Will Ferrell in a Lucha Libre mask. What? what? <laughs> well, he's part owner of the club. Right. So um, yeah, is he there every it, time? It, it gets involved. Well, it, it gets involved quite a lot. That's great. It, it was it was it was fantastic. I really enjoyed LAFC. I, I don't fancy their chance of beating Tigres in the final because you know mm. you're not going to get past uh, and Andre Pierre Gignac and his um, Tiger Cub. I love it. Oh yeah, Gignac's domination of Mexico is just a, is one of the underrated joys of world football. It's magnificent. It's brilliant. It's quite magnificent. How do you know it was Will Ferrell? Sorry to return to that point. If he was wearing one of those masks, is that not one of the masks that's completely covers your head? Yeah. Or you just know his physique yeah, he was, so he, well. He was wearing the elf costume, uh, <laughs> so it was pretty obvious. I can't tell if he's being serious or not. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's embarrassing. Um, also, perhaps embarrassing, I'm not sure what you guys thought when you saw this, is, uh, is you know, you're clear, having a bit of a clear out around Christmas or, mm-hmm. or, or whenever you get round to it, I suppose with COVID rules, perhaps not so much at the moment. But, you, you know, you, you, what you want to be careful of is if you're giving your books away, you don't want to leave any kind of incriminating photos or letters mm. or, you know, I don't know, unpaid tax bills. Pencil in, written notes. Pencil written notes <laughs> in, the, in the books. And especially not if you're giving away a Bible to a Marlebone charity shop. Uh, Gabriel Jesus and Diego Costa. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, I... A lot of people are saying these photos are fake, if anyone hasn't heard about this, but um, I don't Did know you not think the picture... So basically what it is, sorry, I should probably explain if anyone hasn't seen it. Um, it's the it's two photos of what we think... It looks like the same woman, almost yeah. certainly. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, in bed with Diego Costa and um, with Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus. Jesus. Separate photos. T- so, yeah, independently. Not, yeah. Um, but... Both Diego Costa and Gabriel Jesus look very like they're one of those life-size... Cardboard cutouts. Do you not think? They're very, like, square and Uh, stable. It might be that someone who's just faked these photos, oh, yeah. put them in a in a. It's a long game though, isn't it? it? And, and you've got to respect that, haven't you? It's like if, if this person has tried to do this to see if it can get in the news and then they've managed it, fair play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it could be faked because you can get like Diego Costa like face masks on uh, yeah. on um, Amazon and stuff like that. I mean, can't it, you? in fact, I once got to, <laughs> oh. to, to 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 promote a football show on Instagram to promote a, a radio show that I was doing. I um, 
got my children to dress up as Diego Costa and <laughs> Rajan Ingelan with face masks on. Nice. Uh, to, to, to promote it. <laughs> I suppose the thing is that mitigates Very convincing. That Very convincing. Is you... the, the muscles on the people that were in the photos. I don't know about, you know, your kids aren't probably that fully developed. <laughs> How did you do the Nyingalan hair? Oh, uh, well, well it's, it's one of those things that was, was quite tricky. I mean, it, it, came, <laughs> it, it came with like a little, the, the mask had a little sort of point on the, mm. on the top, but it's, it's one of those things like I'm, I'm sure I've explained before in, in, in the Napoli club shop, for example, you know, you think Marek Hamjik, his most defining characteristic is that novelty haircut yeah. that he's worn forever. Mm. But if you like buy a pencil sharpener or biscuit tin with Marek Hamjik in, he's got a short back and sides. Mm. It's, like, it's, it's probably like easier you, to model, I guess. Yeah, well, it's, I think that's it. But, you know, come on, great art comes at a price. Yeah. And I, I think people would be prepared to pay for that. It's like if you go and buy a, a Memphis figurine in the Leon Club shop, which obviously I've never done, Mush. might have considered it, <laughs> he doesn't have any tattoos. Huh. Or is it like a sort of nerdy Warhammer thing where you add them yourself? Maybe. Oh, I like that a lot. Imagine creating Memphis's tattoos for him. <laughs> that would be something special. Yeah, that's that's the ramble for life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, look, guys, there is more football to come tonight. Um, it never stops, as we know. Tonight is the Carabao Cup. Oh, big games, actually. Arsenal. Well, Newcastle are uh, travelling to to Brentford for a place in the. In a domestic cup semi-final for the first time since 2004-2005. There's also Arsenal going up against Manchester City. Arteta has stressed that his team need fighters, not victims. Victims bring excuses. Mm. I'm not sure about the part of victim blaming. He's just about to (laughs) indulge in. See, at this point, though, I think it sounds like a reasonable point. Um, because based on the you know the way Arsenal have been so passive and let, letting football happen to them, yes, but that's, we should that's reiterate, not all he said, is it? We should reiterate that victims are not just necessarily passive people. They you know indeed, bad things happen indeed. to good people. Indeed, but in this in the context he's talking about, I think that you know that that that's not quite the same as broadly victim blaming. But, um, <laughs> what else has he said, Jim? Tell I'll, t- I'll tell you well. what, if he's listening to this, he's thinking, this is brilliant. They're not even talking about the numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The I relegation s- scrap, tell us. Shall I read what he said? Please, Please do. Yeah. Let's do it anyway. I can't understand it. No, so can you can do I. it with like really clear punctuation? <laughs> I'll do the best I can. <laughs> um, last year, we won the game against Everton at right. home with a 25% chance of winning. You win 3-2. That's good. Last weekend, it was a 67% chance of winning any game in Premier League history and a 9% chance of losing and you lose. Any Three... game in Premier League history? Yeah, I mean... You, you have a 67%... My guess is as good as yours. Good Lord. 3% against Burnley and you lose. 7% against Spurs and you lose. There is something else apart from the performance on the pitch. It is something else that needs to go our way and at the moment it doesn't. I mean, what? It doesn't help. You don't help yourself, <laughs> do you? If you're under pressure by coming out and, and sort of doing... It reminds me a little bit of Rafa Benitez's fact rant where you come out and you, you make this... You make this quite um, kind of aggressive point that doesn't really make any sense. Do you think it's because, um, and I, I quite often think this about footballers and people in football generally, they are in this position where, you know, they're not famous for their delivery of 
words and sentences. That's not their skill necessarily. Although as you become a manager... Yeah, it's probably you know, not important in the dressing room, is it? <laughs> that's Okay, look, that's just not their main thing. But if you're a footballer, people probably... You say anything, people are like, oh, I must listen to what this footballer is saying because they're like yeah. famous, right? Mm. And so maybe Mikel Arteta, just sometimes he comes into a space and he just needs to fill it. And so he just says words and thinks mm. maybe people won't listen to the content of it. Actually, that's yeah. that's a basis I work on quite yeah. often too. But oh, I don't really know what success. to say. Don't really, I haven't got the words. Maybe I'll... Just I'll do use numbers. numbers. Yeah, I'll use numbers today. Yeah, or a code. It's yeah. a code. It's a code. <laughs> Andy, tell us. What is he trying yeah. to tell us? <laughs> I don't know, because I think Mourinho has done a lot better through just making up the numbers, really, yeah. because mm. the delivery is yeah. so much better. But it, it, isn't it funny that when you go back to the beginning of Arteta, or the beginning of Arteta is, is head coach at Arsenal. Arteta begins. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to get to three parts, to no, be honest, Jim. I, I think it's amazing because the reason he thrives immediately is not because Arsenal are brilliant from minute one when he takes over, but because the communication is so much better than Emery. Mm. And it's funny, actually, when you look at Unai Emery, as time goes by, he's, he's clearly a decent man, but ends up being pilloried and parodied because under stress his English gets worse just like when he was at Paris Saint-Germain under stress his French got worse mm. which was you know it was, it was all right but it was never it's kind amazing. of understandable though isn't it but yeah yeah it, it, it totally is but if Arteta is about presentation is about delivery is about communication like what what have you got if you get to this point they've got two points from a possible 21 it's not enough. That's is what it? they've got. That's a number for you. <laughs> yeah, there's a stat. Why do you reckon he's doing all these other stats that no one can understand? I wonder if actually he maybe I'm giving him too much credit here, but if he's trying to um, deflect from the team and and take the pressure on himself so that they because the team looks stressed out, don't they? They yeah. they don't look don't look happy, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm reaching here. I'm not really. Sure. I don't know what's going on, but um, there's. There must be some thinking behind it. He should turn up in a, what it is. It should turn up in a literally red mask next time, I think. Um, just before we go, guys, we wanted to let you know about our plans uh, for Christmas. Well, I'm going to be sitting on my own, eating a mince pie and staring into space. Oh, sorry, the ramble plans. Yeah, yeah, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Fish and Pete are going to be back with you tomorrow. And then they're going to so they're gonna do a preview show on Thursday. Christmas Day is obviously the day after that. Keep an eye out for a very special gift from all of us at the Ramble on Christmas Day. You can have all the other mince pies that I bought and now aren't going to be eaten. We'll then be releasing two festive episodes on Monday and Tuesday next week. The gang will get together for some Christmas laughs, a few games as well. We'll then return with an episode of the preview show on Wednesday before we round off the year with a bonus best of 2020 episode on New Year's Eve. Can't wait for all of that. Yeah, just chat to us on social media. Give us a listen. It'll be fine, won't it, guys? Yeah, it will. It's going to be a weird Christmas um, for everybody. Of course it is, but it is still Christmas, isn't it? So we've just got to make the best of it. And in some cases, um, if you are able to go and see your family at a different time, the way I'm trying to look at it is that it's two Christmases, you know? So (laughs) yeah, it's yeah. we hope you're all right and okay in this weird time. You will be. Yeah, that's a really nice way of looking at it, Jim. Agreed. Thanks, dude. That kind of kind of helped how I was feeling as well (laughs) so I hope it's helped you guys Uh, as I say Marcus, Vish and Pete will be back tomorrow to get us all through uh, this festive period as Jim says 
Look after yourselves, guys. It's all going to be all right in the in the long run. All right. Take care from everyone here. See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.